0: Steps up into the pocket, he throws it late for the
1: end zone! Kelsey wide open, touchdown! Kansas City, why not? Mahomes to Kelsey, again to take the lead on a 22-yard touchdown pass. The magical Patrick Mahomes does it again With a little assist, I should say, from the Raiders' secondary. Yikes. But still, Mahomes is the story, and we are going to talk about him at length in our debate today with Matt Miller. Really excited about that. Welcome to the Game Day Podcast. Adam Kramer with Marcus Moser. You can follow us on Twitter at kegsandeggs, at Marcus underscore Moser. And you should be sharing this podcast. You should be commenting here. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get them. Tell your friends to listen. Um, we're really, really excited. We've had some a couple of interesting weeks with winners. And Marcus, how you doing?
2: Doing well. I, I can't believe I uh, we're here again after another Philip Rivers win. But hey, it's uh, it's all right. We'll get over it.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry is what I should say. Um, yeah, it's fun that uh, we we can talk about Patrick Mahomes, and we will about his greatness and where he stands in the MVP. And uh, we can also talk about Philip Rivers. We have to and. We, we At least for another week. It's, I know to yeah. your dismay, we do. Uh, and I'm kind of enjoying it. What a mascot. Of course, other people attach themselves to it. Mahomes. Rivers is our guy. Um, speaking of last week, here's how we did. I was three and two, now 10 and five. Marcus, uh, two and three, right there at 500. So what is the biggest thing you learned last week and a couple of takeaways that you have?
2: Do we have any really good teams, Adam? I mean, I know the Steelers are (laughs) 10-0, but they haven't played anybody, right? I mean, they played Jake Lutton and Garrett Gilbert over the last couple weeks. Uh, The Chiefs looked very beatable. I mean, the Raiders played really well in that game. Tampa Bay looked awful. They can't throw the ball. New Orleans has Taysom Hill at quarterback. Do we have any elite teams this year?
1: Um, I don't think so. And I think it depends on what your def- uh, definition of an elite is, but I think it's a great point. And, and I think you see it in some of the lines this week, frankly, mm-hmm. that home teams are going to be respected. Um, I, my takeaway is I still don't know what Taysom Hill is. <laughs> right. And I feel like I should. And, and I think he, you know, I think he's fun and he's, uh, he is a great athlete. I, And I thought he played pretty well. I'll ask you before we move on. What did you think of his performance? Yeah, I
2: think so many of us were expecting complete failure, right? Like, why are they going with Hill over Jameis Winston, who has been proven to be good in that division? But Taysom Hill in a starting role was competent at the very least. And I think eventually teams will figure him out a little bit. He had six deep passes and all six were underthrown. Uh, he's fine. He can do enough with his legs. He's not Tim Tebow. He's not that level of a passer or, you know, that terrible of a passer, but he's fine. I, it's just, it's so ridiculous that we're having this conversation about Taysom Hill. Well, it's um, I, the other thing I learned by the way,
1: is um, Philip Rivers is still got it. I don't <laughs> want to take just 60 seconds to talk about Philip Rivers. Now, um, did he have a little help in that game? Yes. Yes, he did a little fumble love, but I will say this in our Philip rivers, appreciation section of the podcast, nice comeback. Um, still got it, uh, found his little rookie wide receiver who, by the way, we talked about here. So in all sincerity, what did you think of rivers performance? Got hit in the ribs. That was a little ner- nervous about that. He's not equipped to take those kind of hits. So what did you think of Phillip Rivers in that
2: game? I mean, he's fine. It's whatever. There's going to be four or five throws every week that you just cringe and you kind of cover your eyes. But really, my takeaway from that game is Colts might be the third best team in the AFC. They seem like they're very physical. We know they're well coached with Frank Wright. I do think they're the type of team that could give Kansas City problems, right? We saw them last year go into Kansas City and beat them. Uh, they've got a strong running game. The offensive line is really good. The defense is one of the best in the NFL. I'm not predicting them to, to go to the Super Bowl or to win it. I just think they might be a really tough out when we get into January. They, they seem like they have the style of football that does win in the playoffs. And if they get the, the right you know, pathway, maybe they do go further than what we expect. They got to keep him upright. And he's got to keep yeah, himself yeah. upright, too. Those two things are a little
1: bit different. That defense hits. Yeah, man. they do. They do. That, de- that defense hits. It's a fun brand of football. Uh, it seems, seems like that DeForest hit. Buckner
2: trade was exactly what they needed, right? Yes. To give them a stud yeah. in the middle of their defense, pair them with those linebackers in that secondary. It, it was just a beautiful trade by Chris Ballard. And they're getting respect from Vegas, and we'll talk about
1: that shortly. And, and you see that again this week. The one uh, really, really bum- big bummer, of course, this week is hmm. Joe Burrow. And um, – Look, man, that doesn't sound good, all right? You hear torn ACL, MCL, and other structural damage. I'm not a doctor. We won't pretend to moonlight it, but um, that does not sound good, Marcus. That does not sound like a six-month injury um, based off of what they're saying there. And look, um, exchange you know, passes forward into the current rookie of the year numbers, which it was kind of – and then like, Justin Herbert is commandeered that mm-hmm. at minus 1,000, Tua plus uh, 1,000, and was pulled. A healthy scratch maybe accordingly we don't know uh Jefferson from Minnesota who we love uh here and was awesome again plus 1000 and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at plus 3000 so i'd ask you this take away on the Burrow stuff because you know we don't we don't know and yet the unknown is kind of scary here
2: yeah according to espn's adam Schefter on monday night football uh he did tear his acl his mcl his pcl and his meniscus uh the meniscus is make, going to make this a little trickier he can't have surgery until mid-December to allow that, you know, to kind of heal up. So it's very possible he misses the start of, you know, next year. I just, it, it's so frustrating that Cincinnati did not put a competent offensive line, you know, in front of him because we've been seeing this the last couple of weeks, Adam, he's been getting killed in these games. And you just had a feeling yes. this was going to come if they kept putting him behind these offensive lines. And it's it's just really unfortunate because he was really blossoming into one of the stars of our game. Yeah.
1: And I hope he, I just hope he gets better. I love watching him play. I like his attitude and he's, he's incredible. So hopefully um, he can get healthy and whenever he can be back, I think he's going to be awesome and hopefully they'll protect him. Maybe this is a good thing for the Bengals
2: long-term. Maybe they'll finally invest into that offensive line.
1: They need to. And and look, they, they they're going to have a high pick and they're going to be in a position to draft somebody, but it's just a bummer, man. Like we had the conversation of the quarterback we would take. And I just hate seeing anybody get injured but a guy that is showing so much promise, just get well soon. Now, transitioning to a team near and dear to your heart, Mm. the Dallas Cowboys, okay? We liked them last week. That was a a hit. It's kind of an odd game, a little bit back and forth. Um, Will they win the NFC East? Now, I love this discussion because they can win the NFC East or get a top five pick. That is amazing, and the NFC East is amazing. But right now, the Eagles – Plus one seventy five. The Cowboys plus two twenty five. The Washington football team. Um, by the way, when it's written out as WFT, so I, 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 I think of something else for Washington football team, and it, it's perfect. It feels appropriate. Yeah. The too. two, right? Plus three fifty. Uh, and then the Giants are the the dog in this at plus three fifty. But again, I, uh, I you know these are pretty fascinating odds for any division. You are close to the Cowboys. What are your thoughts? And I guess better yet, what would you rather have happen? Them win the division or them get a top five pick?
2: Yeah, it's really tricky because there's so many people that want the Cowboys to tank and rebuild that roster. And I can 100% see it. They need to fix the defense. But when you don't need a quarterback and you don't really need offensive tackles, tanking for a top pick doesn't make a lot of sense. I do think it's important for teams to build momentum and learn how to win. I think Miami last year is a perfect example, right? Started off the season terribly. Uh, they finished really strong at the end of the year, and that kind of built their momentum for the offseason, and now look what they're doing this year. Uh, I do think the Cowboys need to learn how to win. I think Mike McCarthy uh, wants his team to compete, and I don't think it's impossible for them to make the playoffs. I, I know this, this is a big game against Washington on Thanksgiving. They win that one. They're sitting atop of the NFC East uh, by Thursday night when we're eating our Thanksgiving leftovers. Going into the next month, Philadelphia's schedule is incredibly hard. They play Seattle this week on Monday Night Football. Uh, they've got games against the Saints and Packers coming up. would not be surprising if they do not win You know, any of their next four games. Dallas probably still has the most talent on offense, even with all their injuries. Yeah. So. I kind of like those odds at plus 225. They're, they're not awful. I think there's a little bit of value there. I, I do too. How about CeeDee
1: Lamb? Superstar. I mean, superstar. that superstar. I mean, when when he fits into that offense, and there's some targets that they have to share, I just think that guy is going to be incredible. Incredible. Well, when you get back to healthy, I mean – that catch was
2: outstanding. One of the best catches we've seen. Adam, I'm going to ask you a question right now. Who which qu- team has the best quarterback right now in the NFC East? The answer is no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're you're right. um, it's probably uh, Daniel oh. Jones, and I don't like Daniel Jones at all. I'm not a Daniel Jones I, guy, but I may take Alex Smith. I can't I move I, though. Like he, I mean, he, I'm so happy that he's back and I think he's playing well, but you, I got you. But anytime he gets pressure, the ball is just coming out or he's you know, throwing it away. It's just, there's no mobility anymore.
1: What, what's terrifying is Andy Dalton probably has a legitimate argument in this. I mean, like, seriously, it, like you could probably, they're, make pro- they're all about the same, right? Like, oh God, that's a grotesque argument actually to just think about. I'd love to say Carson Wentz, but the guy does one or two things a week that are just, um, mind-blowingly bad. he's fourth that, for me that safety and everything yeah, uh, yeah yes i mean it's he's a he is hurting his team i kind of w- i'm with you on the cowboys and um i guess you got to grab it now because if they win on thanksgiving it's going to change these dramatically they'll probably be I the favorite imagine.
2: if they win I, w- I would assume because they yeah. would have the win you know they would be up a half a game on philadelphia they would have you know the tiebreaker for washington right now uh, they probably would be the favorite so again if you like those odds right now grab them while you can. Fascinating. And I don't mean that in a great way, right? <laughs> I mean that in a, in a, it is
1: fascinating. And in some ways, it's a really intriguing Thanksgiving game. The other thing that's fascinating right now, Patrick Mahomes and his chase for the MVP. Again, he took a huge stump, uh, jump forward. The odds, of course, now moved around quite a bit. We talked to Matt Miller about this and NFL draft information, specifically the wide receivers coming up next. We are thrilled, and I mean thrilled, to be joined by our next guest, Matt Miller, the best draft analyst in the business. And I'm not just saying that because he's a good drinking buddy of mine as well, <laughs> although, Matt, that does play a role. Uh, Matt, does. you also have a podcast, uh, two guys, a girl and a podcast. Um, and you got all sorts of uh, fun and exciting announcements coming. Is that like an appropriate tease for you? And we can find that at NFL Draft Scout on Twitter. So, Matt, that, that's a good tease and welcome.
0: Yeah, that's a great tease, man. You did it better than I've been able to explain to people. I'm always like, uh, so yes, I'm leaving Bleacher Report, but I I can't say where I'm going or what I'm doing, so it's fun to watch people guess, uh, so you can definitely tweet me your guess of what my next step will be, but uh, for now, I'm hanging out with you guys, and I'm I'm excited to be here. Well, we are, we're happy to have you, man, seriously, um, and beyond
1: uh, the NFL draft expertise, which we will talk about, you're also very intimate when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs and We've talked about Patrick Mahomes and Mahomes Mania. And before I ask you the next question, some quick MVP odds updates. Mahomes now minus uh, 125 to win the MVP. Russ plus 300. Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers plus 500. Kyler Murray plus 1,400. Obviously, his value now kind of soaring. And this has been a rapid change. We had some off-air conversations in terms of value. But what do you think about his value there and specifically his chances to win the MVP?
0: Yeah, I'm not just saying this because I am like a Mahomes homer, uh, which uh, a a lot of people on Twitter like to point out. But I I don't think anyone else is close. And it's funny because every time somebody gets in that conversation, whether it was Russell Wilson kind of at the start of the year, you know, Peter King really got that thing rolling with the – can you believe Russ has never received an MVP vote? And it was like, okay, he's going to get it this year because now that narrative's out there, uh, Russ, due to some interceptions and fumbles, has kind of moved himself down the list. And then, you know, we haven't really seen anyone else, even Aaron Rodgers, as well as he's playing the Packers, are losing ball games, And so I think with Mahomes, you get that perfect combination of an elite player who's doing things statistically really well. Uh, And then you also have a team that's doing really well. The Pittsburgh Steelers are undefeated, but they don't have a standout player where you're not going to get Ben Roethlisberger an MVP award based on his production just because his team's undefeated. And uh, you can't give one to the Steelers' defense, right? They can't be MVP. Uh, So I think when Mahomes, when you look at who is excelling offensively this year and their team is winning – it's really Patrick Mahomes and there's not anyone, even Kyler Murray, who's playing exceptionally well, that division, they're just beating the hell out of each other. And so it makes it a little harder to have anyone jump out of that crowd. So, so what about you, Marcus? Minus
1: 125, value being sucked out of it, and yet do you like him for that at that price?
2: Yeah, I can't believe it's actually minus 125. I thought after that game against the Raiders and the way that he came back and you know, scored that last touchdown – that this would be minus 300, minus 400. So I see this as a value right now. There's just nobody else that's close. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to finish 15-1, and and 14-2 at the very worst second in the conference. Uh, He's just the best bet right now, and I think there's still a lot of value to be had with Patrick Mahomes and the MVP award. I'm kind of with you. You guys know I'm constantly looking
1: for value. I'm like a horse racing guy by trade, so I'm looking for like a 7 or a 10 to 1 shot. Like that's just my natural – Uh, disposition. Uh, I don't feel like doing that here. I think Mahomes at that value is actually really, really good. That was his quote-unquote Heisman moment that felt like it, even though uh, it really was a moment of Travis Kelsey just like standing open in the end zone. Whatever. (laughs) Still a massive, massive moment. And then transitioning this, okay, at the risk of it being first takey, we're going to go there anyways. Chris Collinsworth called him a Hall of Famer already. And yes, it's getting carried away, but I actually maybe it's not getting carried away and and Miller I'll kick it to you again and you're a, you're a homer so this is the perfect guy right, to ask right kind of a homer question to you. like how legitimate is it because i think it's kind of intriguing So before the season,
0: I I said on my uh, local radio show that I do here in Joplin, Missouri, I said, you guys are crazy. He can't be a Hall of Famer yet. He's played, you know, he hasn't played enough and there's still too much that could change. If he, you know, unfortunately, if he had a career ending injury, there's just not enough out there. There's no precedent for a guy getting to the Hall of Fame after two amazing years, right? I think I have to change my tune because if, I mean, think about this. We're going to be talking about 25 years old with two regular season MVPs And one Super Bowl MVP. And so that's unheard of. You know, even like the greatness of Tom Brady, who I think is the greatest quarterback of all time. I think you could say he's the greatest football player of all time, and you're not going to get a lot of people groaning and moaning that you're an idiot. Think of what he did so well early in his career where he established himself, or even what Peyton Manning did, or Joe Montana, like the greats of that position. They weren't doing these things. So with Mahomes, I know we've all seen the graphic before. The guy, he's accomplished everything you can accomplish for an NFL passer, and he's done that through two seasons. So if this year, if he has another regular season MVP, yeah, I think we can say it. I think he's like, hey, please go ahead and play out that contract. We would love for you to play for fifteen more years, but if you if you take that much hardware home that early, and I think they have to be considered a favorite to win another Super Bowl, we'd be looking at two regular season MVPs and two Super Bowl MVPs in three years. I think that makes you a Hall of Famer.
1: All right, Marcus, what about you? Are you uh? And, and Matt, I'm going to call it, you, you admittedly called yourself a homer, although I'm I don't okay think that's, that. it's not a homer take, because I'm kind of agreeing with you. Marcus, what about you?
2: First of all, how can you not be a Patrick Mahomes Thank homer? you. <laughs> He's just so much fun to watch. I don't care if you, you don't like the Chiefs or you'd like the Chiefs. He's just so much fun. But uh, yeah, there's never been a, a player in the NFL who's won two NFL MVPs and has been eligible for the Hall of Fame. Uh, that hasn't made it. So if he gets the two, he already has the Super Bowl MVP. He already has some of the best statistical seasons in NFL history. I think he is. I mean, obviously there's going to be people that are arguing about the longevity and all that kind of stuff, and he'll eventually get there. But the peak of Patrick Mahomes might be the best quarterback play that we've ever seen in the NFL. And I think that's why he would already be a Hall of Famer if he decided to hang him up at the end of the season. I think he's the greatest football player I've
1: ever seen. Um, and I think there's such a, an allure and an intrigue there that this is a legitimate argument. Thankfully, we've got a long time to, for this, hopefully, and he stays healthy, hopefully, because if he does, it's going to be, I, I just want him to push that greatness. Like I'm really, really interested if they can keep it together, just how great he can become. Um, last one, no, we can't get you out of here without asking you about the draft stuff. Like we have focused on this podcast about, first-year quarterbacks in the NFL, and then, of course, the quarterback class, which I've talked to you about at length. We've talked about Trey yeah. Lance and Trevor. But the, the rookie wideouts this year have been awesome. And I want to carry that forward to this particular you know wideout class. It's an interesting one. You've got opt-outs. You've got guys of different size and skills. So give me the guy. Give me your number one. And then give me maybe a guy or two that you think down the list a little bit that you've got your eye on that think could be um, really interesting. Because, again, I, I think there's like a wealth of players that you could go to here.
0: Yeah, it's a very deep class. Yeah, you know, Last year being a historic group, it was the best I've ever evaluated. And that's we're seeing it on Sundays, right? They're playing that well. I still have Jamar Chase as the top guy. And some of this is difficult because we're not seeing him play. So it's not one of those situations where, you know, I'm seeing uh, Devonta Smith. I'm seeing Chris Alave each week and can evaluate them. With Jamar Chase, based on one year. and to be quite honest, he was a one-year wonder at LSU, but that one year was amazing. I mean, a Blitnikoff award winner, I believe he had 18 touchdowns last year. And then we're going to see it athletically at the combine. He's going to run a four, four flat probably. I mean, he's incredibly fast at six, 208 pounds, even though he's not the tallest guy, he plays much more physical. First time I saw him on TV, Adam, I, I honestly thought he was 6'4", 225. Just the way he's built, he plays so much bigger than what he's listed at. So I love Jamar Chase. It is unfortunate we don't get to see him this year. Devonta Smith is doing amazing things at Alabama. Unfortunately, Jalen Waddell got hurt and is out for the year. I really think those three players, a lot like last year with Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, and Henry Ruggs, we're going to see them ranked very closely together and it could just be based on team fit. Ruggs went off the board first last year. A pretty big surprise to people. The Raiders wanted that dynamic speed. And then we see Jerry Judy come off the board second. CeeDee Lamb come off the board third. I wouldn't be surprised if this year we see a Jalen Waddle go first because, again, that home run hitter speed. And then it's, okay, Chase goes second, Smith goes third. Uh, but how well these guys are playing, I don't believe we're going to see three receivers on the board at you know, pick 18 where we saw Lamb come off last year. I think it's going to be much quicker this time around.
2: I ask you a quick question, Matt, about Devonte Smith, because that's somebody that I'm really intrigued by at Alabama. I think he's going to break just about every single record that Amari Cooper has there, but what, 176 yep. pounds, runs in the four fives. How are NFL scouts going to treat Smith? Because he's not your typical first round receiver when it comes to the size and the
0: measure. Yeah, Marcus, that's a great question, man. And, and you're so good at this draft stuff too. So you know how, that, how this works, like what scouts see and where they're you know perceptions are about players then versus what you see so a smith what i've told people is i remember begging the new york jets to take michael thomas in the first round and they're like no 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 way no way he's not not a first round guy he's not a second (laughs) round guy and i was like okay well, he was my top receiver that year. And so with Devonta Smith, I see just he's not going to light you up with the, me- the measurables. He is not going to be exceptionally fast. But to me, he plays like Nuke Hopkins, a guy who's not huge, but he has a gigantic catch radius. I remember talking to Jerry Judy about this. Like, hey, who has the best hands on the team? It's like, it's Devonta Smith. It's like, well, who runs the best routes? Oh, it's Devonta Smith. Like what? Like what are you guys doing? I work fast. That's what he's not very fast, and and that was what they had over him. So I'm gonna love Devonta Smith no matter what. I do think you're right. Like we're gonna get to February, and you're gonna get people like me doing the scouts quotes things, where it's like scouts hate Devonta Smith because he runs four five, and like my notes to myself are just like remember Michael (laughs) Thomas, great route runners who don't drop the ball and make big plays every Saturday. Like to me, there's still value in that guy, even if. You know, we're probably gonna see someone like uh, Rondale Moore. Like he's gonna own the combine and, and we're gonna get all get crazy about Rondale Moore, just like they did last year with Jalen Rager, who we didn't get much of a combine, but like Jalen Rager goes before Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman, Chase Claypool. And like look at what those dudes are doing in the NFL right now. So I think sometimes you gotta have that voice in the back of your head that says, just remember this guy's good at football, even if he's not great at all the other stuff. A
1: real quick note about Smith, by the way, that Michael Thomas is extremely depressing as a Jets fan. Sorry Thank about you that, for
0: Adam. Dropping a boat anchor on me. <laughs> like you need more bad news. Right I
1: now. know. Um, but, you know, I did a story on all those wideouts last year and I talked to two about him. And every single one of them basically said that like Smitty was the, their favorite player. Blocking, mm-hmm. they call them brotherhood routes, right? Like a wideout that knows he's not getting the ball. Right. That is is going to actually like run a route to get those guys open. I. The other thing real quick, Smith was like pissed that all he was being known for heading into last year was that one catch. Granted, that was a it's huge a good catch. catch, okay? <laughs> and then to see him kind of come on the last two years is just awesome. Yes, he's going to not be a measurable guy. Um, but, but man, I just love watching that guy play. And then one more thing, Miller, you mentioned Jamar Chase. I remember interviewing him him at the playoff last year and, like, how long his arms were. And
0: just, That's like, crazy
1: physically, I can't wait to see what that guy does because it's going to be – Again, it looks like it looks like we have a really, really fun group. Is is there anybody like that we're not talking about? Because we've talked about, you know, Bateman and and Moore and, and is there just anybody kind of off the radar? Because it's another great class that you have an eye on here to wrap things up.
0: Yeah, I think so. My guy's Kadarius Tony. I love him, uh, and I think we're seeing him break out this year with that Florida offense being so electric. And I'm a big believer in him. You know, he's six foot one ninety five. He's built like an NFL receiver. Uh, the post catch work is just amazing. Uh, and then another guy I've really liked these six foot tall hundred ninety plus pound receivers this year. I saw Marquez Stevenson a lot at Houston. I know Bruce Feldman uh, talked him up over the summer about a guy who ran twenty three plus miles per hour on the GPS tracker, and it's just freakishly good. I mean, his forty is going to to be in the 4-3 range and I, I think were he on a different offense we would be talking about him a lot more as one of the most electric playmakers in college football what about you Marcus you got
2: anybody that jumps out
0: I do I, I really have enjoyed watching Tutu
2: Atwell at uh, Louisville this year he's I mean he's tiny yeah. he's like five <laughs> eight, maybe 165 pounds but it's like trying to tackle smoke in the open field I mean he's just he is incredibly fast shifty uh, for these teams that want guys that can do stuff you know, in the backfield, behind the line of scrimmage, can make big plays down the field. Uh, I really like Tutu Atwell as, you know, maybe a a mid-round receiver this year. Awesome. Well, Matt, we appreciate it. We appreciate
1: you. We look forward to seeing what's coming next, and uh, we're gonna have to have you back here, man. You know, yeah. things are gonna get busy for you, but we're gonna have to have you uh, back here at some point.
0: Anytime, my only request is that we find a way to safely do it in person and, and try to drink as many beers as we did in Tuscaloosa last well,
1: year. You, Yes, you know that's <laughs> that's the endeavor. That's the goal here when we can do it. Great. So Matt Miller, thank you for joining us. We come back, let's do some picks. Thank you to Matt Miller for joining us, and again, we'll be talking to him, I'm sure, about all things draft coming up. But Marcus, we have picks to make uh, week, If you're giving this week a grade in terms of quality of football, and you could bet on everything, so it's all an A. But what would you give? What do you think of this week? So you know, looking at uh, the first
2: of all, this Thanksgiving, you know, whole week is one of my favorite football weeks of the year. Right? We get three great games on Thanksgiving Day, and then we get the whole Sunday slate. I really like it. I'm going to give it like a solid B+. I think we've got some good Sunday games. Okay. Uh, that we actually have two of the three Thursday games have playoff implications. Uh, I like it. I think this is a good week.
1: Yeah, we're doing things a little bit differently because this week, the way it's staggered, we're going to be targeting kind of – our pick segment will be four games, and then we're going to highlight the Thanksgiving game. So not doing the rapid fire. We'll do the four, then we'll just transition into the three. So we start, of course – with Philip Rivers, Titans at Colts, Colts minus four over <clears throat> under 51. At this point, Marcus, I think they're just staging these games to torture you and that I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Indy six and four against the spread Tennessee four and six against the spread. Both of these teams had really nice wins in different ways. Last week, we talked about Michael Pittman. He scored another touchdown uh, Indy spread the ball out, had 11 players with catches probably got a little lucky, did get a little lucky, um, and
2: you could say maybe maybe the same for the Titans, although I don't know. What do you think of this game? Yeah, so the Colts have won 15 of their last 18, 18 games against Tennessee. They thoroughly dominated them on Thursday Night Football a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, I'm not going to break my rule. I'm not going to bet on Phillip Rivers. I'm just not <laughs> going to do it. So I'm taking Tennessee uh, and the points. It seems like their offense is really starting to play better, right? They're, they've got this great combination of pass and run. A.J. Brown is a superstar Derrick Henry, every time about this, you know, at this time of the year starts to heat up. We saw it against Baltimore last week. Uh, I think he's going to do it again this week. Uh, I think I like the Titans. I'm taking the points, not afraid of the money line either. Okay. So I'm going to go
1: a little, I'm going to break. I can't double. You you like I'm a gambler. Okay. If I'm sitting at the three card table at some point, I know the cards are not going to go to my way. Okay, I'm not going to keep investing in Phillip Rivers. Well, I am, but just not this week. I like the over. By the way, A.J. Brown, that, that play, that, that touchdown, like him finding the end zone, that dude is a freak. The fact Superstar. that he and DK Metcalf played on the same team is hilarious to me. Um, absolutely hilarious. They obviously should have won more games. That being said, I like the over. Um, yes, uh, Indy's defense is, is playing well and hitting hard. But I don't know, man. I, I think there's going to be points here. I do think Tennessee's going to find a way to move the ball. I think this has a chance to be like a really, really fun game. Mm-hmm. And I just don't love that four. It's just kind of a weird number. It feels like Tennessee's a field goal game, kind of, doesn't it? It does. It does. Tennessee's a game team. I, you know Do I think they've been a little bit overrated? That, that would impress me last week a lot. I thought that was a really, really awesome performance. A game that I thought I had Baltimore in. I thought it was going to trend one way. They came back. Kudos to them. So, all right. So you're on the Titans. I'm on the over. We transition to a, a really fascinating game, a narrative overload game, if you will. Chiefs minus three at the Bucks, over under 53. Marcus, I'm going to just start by saying you know by now that I'm a contrarian better, and the radar is sounding on this. Okay, so before I get into that, what are your thoughts on this game? This obviously has been a Mahomes-heavy podcast.
2: Yeah, I think the public is absolutely, absolutely going to love – Kansas City here right you know they played really well against the Raiders Tampa Bay looked pretty awful uh, against the Rams uh Tom Brady looks hashtag washed right I mean he looks absolutely terrible (laughs) Kansas City again 15 and 4 against the spread of their last 19 games uh they're just really really good and yet for some reason I do get the sense that this is going to be one of those Tom Brady games where he plays really well we're all writing him off We're all getting our jokes off on Twitter now about how how old he is and all that kind of stuff. I I do like Tampa Bay in this game. I think they're going to be able to run. I think they're going to be able to get pressure with their front four, and I think that secondary is good enough to get three, four stops against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, I'm taking the points here, and, again, I'm not afraid of the money line if you're trying to put this into a parlay uh, to increase your odds. I don't have
1: much to add. I agree with everything, and I don't think Kansas City is going to be able to make Tom Brady uncomfortable the way the Rams did. That was pretty impressive. Curious to see offensive line. There were some injuries with the Bucks and bouncing people around. They can't – that was – Rams look pretty good, mm-hmm. by the way. Like, that's the other thing. We tend to overreact in a vacuum, and those Brady passes, those two interceptions, looks like me. That's not, not a compliment. Like, that was really bad. But this just feels like a game that they'll rally – that he's going to play better and, and, and probably the most public game of the week. Right? Like this oh, is yeah. a game that people are going to just jump all over. I mean, with, without question. All right. So another game that's going to be very public and potentially very bad. Uh, me, a Chicago guy, the bears at Packers Packers minus eight and a half over under 45 uh, bears, five and five against the spread green Bay six and four. What do you like here?
2: Yeah. I actually have some mixed feelings about this one. First of all, Adam, do we know who's starting at quarterback? And would it change the spread at all? Like, if we heard Mitch Trubisky starting, does that help or does that hurt the spread? <laughs> it, well, it's better than Bray,
1: right? <laughs> like, I I think ultimately, um, it we don't know they're playing it coy. They may not know because both of these guys are banged up. And quite frankly, Marcus, like that's kind of why um, I I'm not in love with, with this game. But I, I I just can't possibly validate betting the bears Mm. with what we know right now with when they're recording to this podcast. And by the way, does it, does it matter at all? Does it change anything to you that this game should be any different? And I understand when we, if, if we take the Packers with points and I am going to do that here that I'm going to, it's going to be a popular little contingent. I don't know how I can do any
2: differently given the knowledge that we know and given what we've seen from those guys this year. Green Bay is interesting because I don't think they're the most physical team in the world. I think there's certain teams that can punch them in the mouth and they really don't have an answer, right? We saw it already this year with Tampa Bay. Uh, we saw it last week against Indianapolis. So Chicago is one of these teams that uh, they, are, they are very physical. I just don't think the offense is good enough. I'm probably staying away from the, the spread here. I love the, the Green Bay money line. They'll figure it out. They'll find a way to win this one. Uh, probably staying away. I, I think I like the under on points. I just don't think Chicago is going to be able to score very much here. Uh, again, this is a game where I'm probably going to throw this in a teaser, a six, six-and-a-half-point teaser, tease yeah. that down, maybe even you know bring up Kansas City or Tampa Bay, one of those two and throw it in there. But uh, I'm probably staying away from the spread on this one. By the way, Eddie Jackson added to the uh, reserves as well,
1: which is – not, not a good situation for the Bears. Okay. Um, last, but certainly not least, by the way, for clarity on a pick earlier, because I just want to make sure I am on the Bucks. I'm on the Bucks and points on the spread. So, and I actually do like them on the money line too. So we are, we are in alignment good. there. We are, we've got our, at least one when we're trying to get our parlay together. Um, we are at least, so we get one. the Titans too. We this both like the Titans, right? That's right. We got the Titans. So, although I went, I went over. No, I went over there because. Come on, you, let's, let's, let's do it.
2: Let's do, put them on the Titans. I
1: can't, I, he, I cannot disrespect the mascot of this podcast. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but it might be a good idea. It might, it might be time. All right. Last one of our primary picks, the Seahawks minus five at the Eagles over under 50 and a half. Seattle 5-4 and one against the spread. Eagles 3-6 and one against the spread. That Carson Wentz safety um, maybe worse than those Tom Brady interceptions. That interception he had, also terrible. So with that, I'm fascinated by this line. This is another line that's going to be very public. What are your thoughts?
2: Help me out here, Adam, because this line doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me. What does Philadelphia do at an average or above average level right now? Because I don't see anything. Right. Every single part of their team is, is bad. I would agree. And
1: Seattle, to counter to that Seattle just played a really good defensive game. Finally made, made Kyler Murray, you know, limited to 15 yards rushing. Um, I, I, I have not much of a retort other than this is like the sirens are going off, man. And I, you know, if you're going to look at these two teams, Um, And with what we've seen from Philly, it's very hard to make a compelling argument that this game isn't going to be lopsided. And yet we, I'm, I'm inclined to do so. So I, I I like the, this, and and this is one of those things as a gambler, right? Eagles kind of play kind of close, gross Mm -hmm. games. It will be at home. I don't necessarily love this total Seattle's offense has been a little bit erratic. Like there were signs against Arizona that helped. I think that they're going to win this game. I think in true Seattle form, and this is the one case I'll say, they they play games like this and they win by every time. Like that's the MO and that's the MO. So I think if you're taking the Eagles plus the five, um, that's what you're kind of hoping for. And it it wouldn't shock me if that's the case.
2: No, it wouldn't shock me either. Uh, This is the kitchen sink game for Doug Peterson and the Eagles. They've got to win, right? They've got to build some momentum because again, that schedule gets incredibly difficult early on in December They can't afford to lose this game after losing to Cleveland last week. They've got to stay in the NFC hunt. Uh, So I think this is one where they're throwing out everything. Jalen Hurts is going to be throwing passes, uh, double reverses, things on special teams to just try to to, to find a way to keep up with uh, Seattle. Part of me wants to pick Philadelphia because I think you're right that Seattle does play so many of these weird games that come down to the last second but they're just the far better team. And, and I know that. So we're going to, we're going to pick Seattle minus five. They should have no problem uh, winning by a touchdown or more. Look, while I'm
1: a contrarian. Can't really blame you for that. This is, this is a dirty feel dirty picking it, but we'll see what happens. And if it's a close game or not, um, Carson Wentz is great content. All right. Transitioning now to Thanksgiving best bets. We'll do kind of semi rapid fire, right? And we'll do things a little bit differently that if you have a play, that you like, a prop bet, a first half or something, we can include that as well. So we've got three games. We do have some fine print attached to each one of these games that could jeopardize kind of status, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Not so much fine print here. Texans minus 2.5 at Lions over under 51 and a half. Marcus, I'll, I'll come out right now. I love the Lions in this game. We overreact. They lost. They were bad against P.J. Walker, XFL star. I think the Lions bounce back here. I like them first half. Money line, first half, and I, and I like him for the game.
2: Yeah, it's a game with two former New England defensive coordinators, right? Matt Patricia and Romeo Cornell, uh, two teams that you should not trust at all, uh, but both have good quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, again, I like the Texans here. Uh, I, I think Watson's a better quarterback than Stafford. This is a game that, you know, once I eat a little bit of turkey, I'm probably going to close the eyes just a little bit. It's not going to capture my full attention, uh, but I do think I like the Texans here just by a little bit.
1: Yes, it, 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 this what you're saying is you probably should be invested on in this game. It, it, it's Thanksgiving, by the way, like you can you can take the rules and be a little bit um, a little bit more aggressive with them because it's Thanksgiving after all. Um, the WFT Washington football team at Cowboys, Cowboys minus three over under 46. And Marcus, at the time we're recording this, this is serious and this is a gambling podcast. But what is the situation that the Cowboys had this today? and um, that really forced them to cancel practice and a little bit more about
2: it. Yeah, the Cowboys had an unfortunate situation on Tuesday morning. Uh, their strength and conditioning coach, Marcus Paul, uh, had an emergency situation where he needed to be taken to the hospital. Uh, it's a very, very serious uh, condition right now. Uh, the Cowboys canceled practice. They closed their facility. Uh, I was told it was a very emotional scene in Dallas uh, doesn't sound like they're going to practice on Wednesday either. So they're going to go into this game uh, with really no practice time. Uh, and you do wonder how the players are going to respond after such a, uh, an emotional day. But uh, it's just something to, to monitor and just something to, to keep an eye yeah. on over the next uh, couple hours.
1: Look, there's no easy way to transition to a pick, yeah, right? No. This is serious and this is more important than spreads. But in terms of style and end game Um, I actually, I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to go over 119 and a half receiving yards was the number I saw. I think they're going to try to get the ball out of Dalton's hand. I think the Washington defense is really good. I think it'll give him some opportunities. I know you've not necessarily been in love with what he's been doing and actually would advocate for another running back. So with all that in mind, is there anything in this game that intrigues you?
2: Yeah. I like the under on uh, first half points for the Cowboys. I've seen them at nine and a half uh, to start you know this game. I think it's going to be under. We've seen over the last decade the Cowboys average 7.1 points per game in the first half of these Thanksgiving games. Uh, they start out slow. I don't know if it's because they eat their turkey before the game and they're just kind of sleepwalking into this. Uh, but look for this game, to, to, for the scoring to pick up in the second half. Washington's defense is very good. The Cowboys' offensive line is not. Uh, I like the under on first, first half points for the Cowboys.
1: And finally, speaking of disclaimers, Ravens at Steelers, Steelers minus four, over under 45. Um, Ravens have been hit with a couple of days of positive COVID tests. By the time you listen to this, is the game move? Is the game postponed? Right now, it's set to go on. The running back position for the Ravens has been hit hard. They've closed the facility. Not a lot of practices. This is 2020. It's sort of expected, and yet Marcus, the
2: line feels a little short to me. So anything here, John? Yeah, I, I love Pittsburgh minus four here. Lamar Jackson's only played two games against the Steelers in his career, five interceptions, five fumbles. He just doesn't know how to play against the Steelers' defense. Uh, you mentioned the two running backs are out. Their offensive line is in shambles. Uh, Lamar Jackson's really been struggling in, in the pocket this year. He's going up against a defense that is 100% healthy outside of Devin Bush. Uh, They had four interceptions from their safeties last week alone. I don't understand why this line is so low. And I think this one has blowout potential on on Thursday night football. I dumpster dive.
1: I dumpster dive for college in the NFL. I look for value. I can't make a case for the Ravens here. Uh, Lamar Jackson and his weapons. I did it on stock up, stock down. He just does not look right. The offense does not look right. They're missing a really good, maybe the best tackle Mm -hmm. in, in football. And I think that's really hurting them. I like the Steelers. I like them first half. I, ca- I just can't make a compelling argument with what we've seen from Baltimore. Uh, and again, I'd I'd like to. It's more interesting when when I'll, I I'll give
2: you one quick argument, really quick. Uh, over sure. the last six games, uh, John Harbaugh's teams in Pittsburgh four zero and two against the spread. He gets them to play up in Pittsburgh. I don't know if he can do it this year with a, you know with all the injuries and all the COVID stuff going on. Uh, but you know, historically, Harbaugh has performed really well in Pittsburgh. Interesting.
1: And that might be the case, but, but we just, we just can't do it here. So our Turkey day parlay. Okay. And and of course we'd have it uh, interesting when we have lions first half, we have a Texans win. We have Zeke receiving yards. Of course that spices up the parlay. uh, Excellent. Dallas under nine and a half first half Pittsburgh to cover Steelers. First half 25 bucks equals uh, 849 smackaroos if we can pull it off.
2: I love it. I love it? it. That's a, that's a yeah. really fun bet to uh, bet in the next, you know, a couple hours before kickoff or, you know, the day before kickoff. It's really fun. You, you have at least something to pay attention to. If you're not invested in any of these games, uh, if you're a fan of somebody else, this keeps you interested while your family's in the background talking. So, <laughs> Amen. Um,
1: really appreciate you guys listening. Please chime in on the debate. Tell us what you think. Is Patrick Mahomes a Hall of Famer already? It's not as crazy as as what what you might think when you first see that question uh we've got various videos and things throughout the week marcus what are you working
2: on i got a lot of stuff coming up at the game day five betting trends that you need to to look forward to uh before you place any bets and then i've got some mailbag stuff a lot of other content coming out guaranteed to lose make sure you guys are all checking in Yep, I got stock
1: up, stock down, stock to watch. Talked about the uh, first-year wide receivers this year. My goodness, talked about rookie wide receivers uh, coming in the class to be with Matt Miller. We thank him for joining us. If you like these picks, by the way, check out the uh, gameday.com and see what offers affiliates have. Most importantly, have a great and safe Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you guys next week.